Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. I want to read out of uh, John chapter 8. and We've been doing a series called Forward with the launching of our Uh, building campaign, which we're excited about. How many are excited about God finishing uh, through his people the facility that's over here? Come on, somebody. And so we're we're on board, and uh, man, I'm all in. And I'm just so thankful for the people of God. And so if... uh, if you remember last week, if you are here last week, you got the little card. Hope you're praying about that. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to continue our series on forward. I think we opened the series with uh, forward in faith. And then what was the next one after that? It was uh, forward together and then forward in finances. Wasn't that panel discussion amazing last week? If you were here, if you weren't here last week, you can catch it on YouTube. Uh, we do encourage you to check that out. Really good stuff. And today, uh, I'm not going to title it on purpose. I'm just going to say forward, and then maybe we'll title a little bit later. But there's a couple things I felt stirring in my heart um, for us as a community. And, uh, and so I want to just share that with you. And so let's read John chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 31 and 32 in the New King James. And this, this is a familiar text for many of us, but I want to unpack this, and I want to talk a little bit um, about it. Are you all ready? And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, say abide in my word. Jesus said, you're my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. Say know the truth. And then he said, and the truth will make you free. Say make you free. Some translations say set you free. I kind of like make you free. Because it puts the responsibility on God, not us. Come on, somebody. How many know that when you're bound, you can't unbind yourself? The Lord does it. Come on, somebody. I think the more we understand that, uh, the more freedom we will walk in. That God sets us free. God causes us to walk in freedom. Can you say amen? All right, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for this precious family. Thank you for uh, what you're doing. And uh, most of all, we thank you that we've come to meet with you. And we thank you for kissing this gathering with your presence. And we love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I want to just talk about the three things that I see in this verse. And we're going to go to a couple other scriptures I want to talk about this concept or this reality in the Christian life that we are um, not where we were, and we're not necessarily where we think we should be. Hello? But that doesn't take away from who God says we are. But on the journey, how many know, and how many know there's a tension almost, if you will, like a tension between we're, we're not perfect. Can you say amen to that one? If you didn't say amen, then you really need this message. But uh, how many know that in, in one sense, and, and we don't confess this where we, it, it propagates in our life, but in one sense, we're still broken. Hello? In one sense, we're still being saved. In one sense, we've been saved. And in a mystical sense, we were all saved 2,000 years ago. 
But how many know we were saved when we received Jesus? We're born again. The Spirit of God breathed into our lives. And there's something complete about that. And then there's something that is like God working it out. Like the Scripture even says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. A lot of us like to stop right there. But thank God for the next verse. It says, for it is God who works in you to both the will and to do for His good pleasure. Well, I'm just working out my salvation, brother. Well, good luck with that one. Let God work it out in you. But there is a working of this freedom, of this healing, of this wholeness. And so many times we stay stuck in our brokenness. We stay stuck in the pain of our past and it sabotages our present purpose. And I want to encourage you not to stay stuck in your past pain. And we all go through stuff. Hello? I, I talk to a lot of people and uh, I get encouraged actually when people say, yeah, I, you know, I had a lot of church hurt. And I'm like, welcome to the club. <laughs> Been there, done that, right? And uh, being in leadership does not um, take away from the reality that you can experience church hurt. And how many know that there's healing for us though? Like we go through stuff in life. But I want to talk about this concept of how even in brokenness, healing's released. Like God is near to the brokenhearted. And what was Jesus saying? If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, continue in my teaching, cling to my words, then you will know the truth. What does it mean to know the truth? And then what does it mean where he sets us free? And, and how many know salvation in the scriptures, the word sozo, uh, in the Greek where it talks about like the word saved is usually sozo. How many know it's a medical term? It doesn't just mean your spirit is secure and when you die, you're going to be with the Lord. Hello? Is that what it means? No, it wasn't a trick question. That's not what it means, right? In one sense, of course, we believe that we are, we're heaven bound, right? But ultimately, salvation and abundant life is for us here and now. And it's, it's, Better translated, wholeness. You see, salvation is... Jesus is the great physician. You see, sin itself is not just us breaking God's command, but it's also breaking His heart. It's when man chose to turn away from communion with God, and then this disease, if you will, of sin corrupted humanity, and sin brings forth death. And I want to talk about the, the idea of freedom found when we embrace what Jesus is doing in our lives so that we move forward in wholeness. Would you say wholeness? wholeness. Forward in wholeness. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I'm doing really good. And have you ever like, been doing really good and you kind of pat yourself on the back mentally and you're like, man, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, praise God. I haven't got angry. I have, you know, I've been like treating my wife so good. Praise God. I went all out on Christmas, still paying the credit card debt off. I'm loving my kids. I haven't snapped at my kids in a while. They're not even on my nerves, Sarah. They're, have you ever just kind of gave yourself, and then you blow it? Hello? All right, who am I talking to? I'm talking to some real saints in the room, or am I talking to some holy saints? Or you think you're holy, but you know, sometimes we're not whole, we got holes. Like we all have a part of us 
that's still in need, hear me, of healing. And if we are aware of what God is doing in us, we can walk in freedom and not stay bound by past pain. Don't allow the pain of your past to sabotage your present purpose. And there's something powerful about these verses I want to talk about. Let's talk about the first one, knowing the truth. You know, as a father, I learned this actually, you know, grandparents, my dad, my mom. um, I'm thankful. Are you thankful for parents that teach you, right? And family and and uncles and aunts, and right? I mean, I'm thankful. Even mentors, spiritual fathers. Well, I remember lying to my grandpa. This is my mom's dad. Biggest mistake I ever made in my life. Because he's one of those grandpas that could see right through you. He had these green eyes. He was a farmer, eastern Colorado. Hardworking farmer. He's very smart. He could fix anything. Kind of like Howard. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Howard can fix anything. Where's Howard at? Is he here right now? Man. So my grandpa, I lied to him. I got a 45-minute lecture on lying. I don't think I've ever lied after that. No, I definitely have, but... It's very hard. And now there's something about the value of speaking the truth. Or even, how many know, parents, how many know, you remember when you got to teach your kids, like, no, 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 don't, don't lie to me. My kids know, like, <laughs> lying's a big deal to me, huh? They're nodding their heads. Like, I don't care what it is. You lie to me, you ground it for two months. It's a big deal. Now I want to talk about knowing the truth. Because a lot of times we talk about truth as a concept or an idea that it's knowing knowledge of truth. And in the same way we look at like, well, you know, lies versus truth. And how many know that like my, for me and, and hopefully for you in relationships, you're not going to lie to somebody because you just don't want to be a liar, but because you care about their heart and the connection you have with them and the fellowship you have with them because how many know that there's a trust broken when there's a lie spoken? Hello? And I don't want my kids not to lie to me just to avoid a 45-minute lecture, but I want them to speak truth, to value our connection and our relationship, that we would have unbroken connection and love and honor and stability, come on, and honesty. And in the same sense, Jesus is not saying... Well, you need to know the truth. Like, okay, memorize all the verses that you know you need to memorize. Now, how many know memorizing Scripture is very good? But there's a lot of people that can memorize a lot of verses and they don't even know Jesus. Hello? The eternal Word of God is Jesus Christ. The Bible is meant to be read through the lens of the person of Jesus. And sometimes we get stuck in truth being a concept about knowing having ideas like this is true, this is not true. And can I just encourage you that when Jesus is saying you will know the truth, he's not talking, I'm talking about the second thing he said on purpose, but he's not talking about just having, having truth as an idea. Knowing the truth is experiencing the truth of who God is. And it's, it's opening up our hearts to, to feast in that relationship that we are meant to exist in. My kids don't lie because they love truth or don't want to get in trouble. They don't lie to me because how it would affect our heart connection. 
it would create broken fellowship. It causes a fracture. How many know the word no in the Bible, when it's first mentioned, it's very intimate. It's an intimate word. The word no in this context is gnosko in the Greek, and it actually, it's an experiential knowing. So you experience truth through the person of Jesus. You don't just learn about truth through ideas in a book. See, we even think about this when we, oh, we've got to renew our mind to the Word of God. Well, yes, we do. But renewing your mind is not thinking different thoughts that are new. It's thinking a different way, which is God breathing into our spirit. That's why Colossians says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, when you experience truth, God, the spirit breathes on the Word and you experience it. It becomes a part of of your heart. It's, there's an intimacy. There's an intimate. It, it affects your being, yes. not just your doing. It's ontological. It affects your state of being. It, it touches the deepest core of who, who you are. And that's what Jesus is saying, is I want you to know the truth. I want you to experience the truth not only of his words, not just what he did. How many know it's good to understand what he did 2,000 years ago, know what the cross represents, what he accomplished at the cross, the burial, the resurrection, all of that. But how many know it's not just the work of Jesus, but the person. It's not just the what, it's the who. So when you think about truth and knowing the truth and being a disciple, I want you to think about who Jesus is to you. And we want to know that. I want to read uh, some scripture out of John 14. John chapter 14, and I'm going to read a few verses, 16 through 20. And I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version. I hope you all are enjoying this so far. This, this is so good, man. This scripture here. So what is truth? I would say that one of the ways we can define truth is by looking um, at what Jesus says in these verses, and it will, it will help us, all right? So let's start reading. Hold on one second here. There we go. That's better. John 14, and we're going to read 16 through 20. He says, I will not, uh, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, one translation would say, if you love me, in the original, you will keep my commandments. In other words, if we have a relationship, out of that communion, that union, will flow love and honor for who I am. Hello? And I'm going to know we love him because we're really holy. No. We love him because he first. Don't all say it at once like, and overpower me. We love him because he first. Anytime you're trying to, I just want to love you, God. Stop and remember that it's his fiery love that sets your heart ablaze for him. Just let God love you. Just be. Let him love you and then live your life from that place. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Come on, the Spirit of God. He says, the Spirit of truth from the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I love that. I will not leave you orphans. See, when you experience truth and you know the truth, you know that you're never 
going to be abandoned. You know that you're totally accepted by Jesus. He says, I will not leave you orphans. In a little while longer, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Now look at verse 20. At that day, at that day, say at that day. What I want to know is, are we there yet? I want to know that day. This is the day where the, the Spirit, how I many we have the Holy Spirit? The day is now. You will know that I am in my Father, and you and me, and I in you. It can't get much more intimate than that. How many have had the experience, I'm sure those of you that have kids, or even just being in the car with children? How many love long car rides with little children? It's awesome. It's, you know, if you ever pray for patience, don't even pray for patience. Just put yourself in a car with little children. And as long as it's like a five-hour trip, your patience will be tried. Are we there yet? Layla still does it. Are we there yet? He says, in that day, you will know that I'm in my Father and I in you and you in me. Wow. I want to know that truth. I want to read real quick before I jump to the next one here. Actually, no, let's just talk about the, the first thing he says. Abide in his word. Say it with me. Say abide in his word. Abide. I got to move much quicker because I started like about 17 minutes ago, and I don't want to keep you too long. Abide in his word. If you continue in his word, you embrace who he is, not just what he does. You know, I was thinking about this in relation to, I mean, how many know Jesus reveals the heart of the Father? In John 14, where we just read, he talks about the working of the Spirit, but it starts with, you know, when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except by me, he's actually talking about, "You, you you can't know the Father without me. He even says in Matthew, he says, like, no one knows the Father except the Son. So how do we know the Father? We know the Father because we're in Christ. We know the Father because we've been, uh, we've been placed in Christ and now we have relationship with the Father by the Spirit. And there's something powerful about that, about knowing the Father's love. We were, I was watching this thing last night and it was a, a story um, about some kids in a school in Louisiana that were just acting crazy, fighting. They had... In, in a matter of weeks or like a short time, they had over 23 kids arrested for fighting and for all sorts of stuff. And it was just crazy. It was like, uh, how many know high schools can get crazy? And this was kind of an inner city uh, area in Louisiana. And something very powerful happened that transformed the school. A bunch of dads got together and decided to be present in the hallways. And their presence transformed the atmosphere of the school and began to shape the identity of all all these orphan-minded kids. How many know that we act out in our orphan mindset sometimes, but we just need to allow the presence of the Father to shape who we really are? You know that even in the animal kingdom, young male elephants, something happens if they, they just kind of like go crazy. Matter of fact, uh, Tad probably knows this. He used to train elephants. Um, but how many know that uh, th- this is crazy, man. So elephants, young male elephants, they just go mad. They trample 
But if there's presence of father, older male elephants, it calms them and causes them to come in order and in line with how they're supposed to behave. Just the presence of the Father. The same way when we continue in his word and we receive the Father's love and we hear this, I will not leave you orphans. And in that day, you'll know that I'm in you and I'm in my Father and I'm in you and you're in me. What intimacy. I want to read Acts chapter 7. This is so powerful. Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 56. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. This is Stephen. This is the very first martyr, the very first Christian that was killed because of his faith. Verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, say, full of the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us gifts and the Holy Spirit gives us boldness to speak the word of God? But look at this. The mentioning of the first martyr says he was full of the Holy Spirit. He looked up into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw the glory of God. And what was that? He said he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You see, when we allow the Spirit to fill us, we see Jesus and the Father. And the Bible says that Jesus was standing, not sitting, because he stood up off his royal procession honoring the first martyr of the church. Man. So the work of the Spirit in us, when we continue and we abide in his word, the Holy Spirit always reveals to us Jesus and the Father. You see, the deepest truth of who God is, is that he is Father, Son, and Spirit. And in his very essence is love. And that will never change because it's who God is. And knowing his word, it's like, I love this, the story of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And one translation says she clung to every word. This is what Jesus says, if you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, if you continue to feast on my word. And I mean, know his words are life. And may we receive the work of the spirit and see the glory of God. Jesus standing at the right hand of God. It's so powerful. Lastly, where he says, make you free. I want to read a verse out of Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 in the NASB. It's talking about Jesus and what he went through, the suffering he went through. Uh, how many know in the beginning of the book of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says that Jesus is the perfect revelation of the Father. He's the expressed image of God. This is, this is profound. In other words, when you see Jesus, like he said in John 14, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, and the author of Hebrews now says in verse 10 of chapter 2, it was fitting for him, Jesus, for, for whom all things and through whom are all things. Just like John says in John 1.1 1, 1, uh, in, the, in the first chapter, through him all things were made. Now look what he says, in bringing many sons to glory. Would you say that with me? Bringing many sons to glory. How many know we're sons and daughters? This is profound. This phrase is just, it branded my heart as I was reading it. And I'm like, I have to share this. 
I pray that we would allow the graciousness and the kindness and the love of Jesus to bring us, bring us all as his kids to glory. It was his prayer that we would experience the, the glory that he has, the, that we would experience the love that, that the Father has for him and know that the Father loves us the same way he loves Jesus. That in the Father's heart and eyes, there's no distinction. He's not like, well, I love my son, and then I kind of love you. I mean, no, there's no, God doesn't have stepkids. You are his beloved son and daughter. And he's bringing many sons to glory. This is what causes us to walk in the freedom where we don't stay stuck in the past pain, but we allow the, the love of God to open our hearts and we boldly come into the light and we're not afraid of the light because the light is what brings healing. And I want to encourage you, let God love the rest of you. Let God love all of you. Have the courage and the boldness to come into the light because he's bringing many sons and daughters to glory. There's something about being aware. God, what are you doing in me right now? What are you doing in me right now? What are you doing in me? What are you doing? What are you, are you wanting to heal? God's healing something in me. Sometimes in worship, I'm praying, I'm worshiping. And God, he's like, hey, just let me, let me, let me heal that. Let me, let me do that thing deep in your heart. Okay, and we just receive. When somebody prays for you, just receive. Learn to receive from heaven. Learn, let him bring you into glory. Pull him out. Let him pull you out of the dirt and pull you into glory. Don't stay stuck in the past pain. I want, I want to read this quote. It's so powerful. What God can do in his presence. This is a C.S. Lewis quote. My idea of God is not a divine idea. Dang it. There goes all our theology. <laughs> it has to be shattered time after time. He shatters it himself. He is the great iconoclast. Could we not almost say that this is shattering. This shattering is one of the marks of his presence. We come into the presence and God shatters the false ideas we have of him. Freedom. We come into the light. We say the name of Jesus. And anytime we say the name of Jesus, we're saying, I'm not separated from you. You're closer than the air we breathe. Every time we say the name of Jesus, we're saying, Lord, you didn't leave me in the dirt. You said those without sin among you, throw the stone first. You stooped down and wrote in the dirt. You rewrote my history. You said, go and sin no more. You said, I don't condemn you. When we say the name of Jesus, we are believing and trusting that he does not condemn us he accepts us right where we're at with a love that is so unfathomable. Come on. With a love so implacable and undaunting and fiery and relentless, He keeps pursuing us over and over again. And that's what causes us to come into freedom. And something happens when we just allow that healing oil, come on, to come into the broken areas of our life. Oh, no, but I've been saved 47 years. I don't care why you still get offended sometimes, saints. Come on, somebody. I want God to come in and heal everything every part of me. 
I don't have time to stay stuck in my past pain because it is paralyzing, come on, my present purpose. I'm ready to move forward in wholeness because that's what God created me for. And in order to do that, sometimes we've got to be courageous and honest and bold and say, he's still working on me. He's still working on me. You know, when there's broken relationship, and I'm, I'm closing now, if you want to come up, Tim, that'd be great. When there's broken relationship, one of the most important things to do is repent. Right? And I'm not just talking about with the Lord. And, and obviously, repentance is more than just reorienting. It's not just a 180 degree turn. It's not just turning away from sin. It's actually turning to the reality that He loves us and wants to heal and free us. And it's that love that transforms us. It's not the power of your repentance is not your ability to turn away from sin. The power of repentance is when you just receive His love in your mess and in my mess. <laughs> That's what reorients us. You think like you think you had something to do with it? <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit pursuing you. But when I have a broken relationship, if if something happens, my, my relationship with my kids, my wife, first thing to do if you want reconciliation and restoration, you need repentance. Hey, God's working on me. Sorry I, sorry I said what I did. I didn't mean that. How many know what I'm saying? But that takes humility. That takes honesty. That takes courage to say, I'm coming into the light. Because if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. See, you can't have intimacy in the dark. I mean, if you're married, you might be able to, but yeah, that's another story. Intimacy is to see into me, into me see. You have to walk into the light, come into the light. It's no longer surface. I want to abide in your word. I want to experience the truth of who you are. And I want to experience freedom from past pain. I want to be pushed into wholeness. I want to move forward into wholeness and healing. And not just emotional healing, physical healing. May God bring supernatural healing to your body and this body. And supernatural healing to every part of us. The parts where we... well. God, yeah, love me, but not that part. I'm saving that part for when, when I go to heaven. Maybe when you return in all your glory, then I'll let the light in. I'll never forget a moment a few years ago. The song came on, open up and let the light in. And that's the gist of the whole song. Just open up and let the light in. And I was rocked to my core and I began to weep. And I opened my heart and I let the light in. I want to encourage you, saints. We're not where we used to be. We might not be where we want to be or where we think God wants us. But right where you are, just let Him love you. Continue in His Word. Experience the truth of who He is. And let Him make you free.
It's time to walk in a new level of wholeness and freedom. Or the thing that got you offended so easily doesn't even, doesn't even affect you at all. But I, but I wanted that, I wanted that position in, in the church. Wait a minute. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. You know what an honor it was for me to be on the worship team today? Because at the core of who I am is one who jealously guards the presence because it's the most valuable thing to me is to meet with God. That sweet intimacy to feel the kiss of Papa. To know his love. There's nothing like it. I don't need a title. I don't need a platform or a position. I just want presence. There's so much freedom where whatever that insecurity, the fear, where we just come into the light. God, I'm going to let you love not just the Sunday morning version of me, but the rest of me. Come on, as Brendan Manning said, let God love the rest of you. Pray with me, would you? I know it's 1046, but I actually preached for about 33 minutes, just so you know, praise God. But it was my fault worship went long because I did an altar call and whatever. Jesus. We turn our hearts to you. We want to come into wholeness. We want to walk in freedom. Let the oil of your love pour over us. Let the oil of your healing presence, let the fragrance of heaven fill this place. The sweet perfume of the love of Jesus captivating our hearts to not be afraid but to just come and receive come and be whole we let go of the pain of the past we turn away we forgive those who have hurt us because we have been forgiven we receive your love I thank you for freedom right now just lift your hands with me And just pray this. Say, I receive your love in the deepest part of my heart. And I let go of every pain, every offense of the past. I forgive courageously with extravagant love overflowing in my heart. I forgive anyone that has hurt me and I receive your forgiveness Lord Jesus I just take a deep breath and then just exhale (sighs) Lord thank you for freedom (laughs) we pray these things in Jesus mighty name Amen. Amen Hi Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York Hope you were blessed by that message. 
And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.